Welcome in to episode two of the Pro Football Network Bengals podcast. My name is Dallas Robinson, and here with me today is Jay Morrison. Jay, how are you doing? Dallas, I'm great. You know, this is the best possible day. There's no Bengals practice I have to go to, and it's a concert date. So uh, in a terrific mood today. Glad to be here with you to talk some Bengals before I, I head down to see Breaking Benjamin and Disturbed tonight for uh Concert 14 of 14 on my, well, actually, actually, there is a possible 15th. I don't, I don't want to throw my wife under the bus, but she, we, no. we thought we were going to go to a tick, uh, concert in September and she bought accidentally the VIP package that did not include a ticket. And oh, no. now the tickets are sold <laughs> out. So we don't know how we're, if we're going to get to that one or if we're just going to eat the money for the VIP package, cause you're not allowed to resell the VIP package. But oh, uh, no. yeah, big one tonight and uh, eager to eager to talk Bengals before I go down and, and rock my face off. Yeah. Let's not throw Mrs. Morrison under the bus today, but uh, <laughs> yeah, my, I've been to one concert this year and it was a Beatles cover band. So you can, you can see oh. maybe our musical interests are a little, maybe a little different, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've seen awesome. several cover bands. If, if, if did you pay to see the Beatles cover band? I did. I okay, did. then that counts. Yes. I've been to a lot of free ones that I haven't paid <laughs> yeah. for, so I don't count those. Well, since we talked last week, there's been a lot happened. Uh, we had a preseason game, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow did a workout before that game. Um, we'll, we'll get to that, but we just wanted to go through and talk about who who stood out in last week's preseason game and maybe who didn't stand out uh, in a positive way. Um, let's start out with one of those negative players uh, along the offensive line, Jackson Carmen. He seems to be yeah. everyone's favorite whipping boy um, on the Bengals' offensive line. I thought he played okay when he when he came in at first, um, especially as a run blocker. But when he came back in in the fourth quarter, it was bad. It, it was not good. He looked like he had mentally checked out of the game. Um, what did you think of his performance? Where do you think he stands in the pecking order along the offensive line? Yeah, well, I agree with you. It was not a good performance after he came back. It wasn't a great performance to begin with, but you know, when he came back in the second time, he said in the locker room this week that that it didn't catch him by surprise. They told them to be ready for anything. So it wasn't like he thought his night was over and they they put him back in and and he didn't know that was a possibility. Now he may not have been happy about it, but um it was it I don't know. It's just that's the thing with him, is it's it's the consistency. You know what I mean? And yeah. he will look good. You look, you go back, you look at that Buffalo playoff game. It's like, oh, wow, he played pretty well. Maybe the light has come on. And I, I can't remember how many times we've said that where, you know, he, he's showing some maturity and he feels like things are coming around. And then there's always the backslide. And, you know, this he's now 0 for 3 in training camp battles. His first year, he was battling Xavier Suafilo. He lost that. Uh, actually got demoted to third string at one point. Uh, then last year he comes back and all he has to do is beat out a rookie in Cordell Volson and he can't do that. And then this year was Jonah Williams. That was an uphill climb. Obviously, uh, that one's been called. Jonah didn't play. Carmen played in the fourth quarter. We know where that's at. And then to your question, yeah, it's. I don't know if he's in danger of not making the fifty-three, but he's clearly sliding down the depth chart. It, it looks like Deontay Smith is has overtaken him to be that that swing tackle and mm -hmm. Deontay played a lot they got a long look at him Friday night he played left tackle and right tackle and we've we've seen that in in practice as well and um Jackson Carmen's been repping more at that left tackle uh this week in practice since the game so you know I'm not ready to scratch him off of my 53 man mm -hmm. yet but he's 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 sliding closer to that side of it than he is seeing action as as a starter obviously yeah, I think he's 
he's a very frustrating player to watch because like you mentioned that Buffalo game, he played so well that there was a little bit of me that thought, could he be the Bengals future left tackle and move mm-hmm. Jonah to right tackle? Obviously that's not going to happen after they signed Orlando Brown, but he was really impressive in that game. And I guess it's a question of what do you weigh? Do you weigh the in-game performances? Do you weigh that down-to-down consistency throughout practices and the preseason? Um, I think at this point, it's hard to trust him as obviously he's not going to be a starter. It's hard to trust him as the swing tackle too. Like you mentioned, Dante Smith, I think is going to take that role. I think Akeem Adeniji is probably going to make this roster. It, it starts to come down to how many offensive linemen are the Bengals comfortable keeping Jackson Carmen and with his draft capital and the upside he's shown, you're probably right. He's probably not going to get cut, but it from where he was after that Buffalo game and the opinion that I personally held of him to where he is now, he has really, really fallen. Um, if we want to look at the interior offensive line, I, I think Max Sharping and Trey Hill, do you think they're locked in as the top two interior guys? I know Zach Taylor had some praise for Cody Ford too. Yeah, um, that came out of the blue. I mean, it really, it really did. It really and did. he has not looked good in practice. I know maybe, maybe they liked what they saw in the game, but um, yeah. it was, it was weird the way he just, I don't know. He, I don't know. There's probably some reason for that. I don't know if he has something in mind down the line, but you know, I, I wonder, you mentioned identity. I don't think, I don't have him making the team right now. Um, and I don't have Cody Ford either. I have him on the mm-hmm. bubble. Uh, but yeah, I do. I'm Sharping and, and Hill are, I would say, locks. They, they've been both working at center and guard. And that's kind of the reason on my last 53, I, I went from 10 O linemen down to nine because yeah. they're, they're getting these guys that can play multiple positions. Even Carmen can play guard. He can play tackle. And right. now if you've got Sharping and Hill that can play center or guard, then you're you're really covered everywhere. I I, I talked to Max in the locker room yesterday because I was curious about his history playing center, and he said Friday night was the first time he's ever snapped the right. ball in a <laughs> yeah. game. Um, but yeah, he 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 played well, he and, played and well. Yeah. he can do it. He's played tackle in this league. He's he's mainly been a guard, but um, I yeah, it's and the the more that you can do, and that the more versatility you have, I I think if something were to happen to Ted Karras, it would probably be Ted Hill or Ted. Trey Hill at this yeah. point um just because you know, it is so new to Max Sharping but Max has more reps in this league so maybe it could go the other way if if they've liked what they've seen it's we saw it for the first time and it was a first time for for Max in a game but mm-hmm. since camp started they've been repping the he, he's been working yeah. in at center so this is a plan this is not just an experiment so um yeah I I, I think I would I put those two down as locks at this point and you've also got Lael Collins, who's really been ramping up his rehab yeah. too. And, you know, is he going to be ready for the regular season? I I, no. I doubt it. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But he's obviously going to be on the pup list and could come back at some point this year. He's played guard in the past. He's obviously can play tackle. It's a lot of versatility and I think a lot of depth that the Bengals have not had in recent years that they have now, which I think is a positive, even if there are individuals like Jackson Carmen who aren't stepping up. In the aggregate, I think they have more depth than they have in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, that's a very expensive insurance policy. If, if you're going to keep Lael Collins around at what nine million and he's due this year. And um, I don't know, they I, I need to I'm not sure of this because I know they've changed the pup rules where it used to be. If you if you're on pup, you have to miss at least the first six weeks. It's they've changed it to four. It's four. Yep. Yes. But the I don't know 
what that top end is because it used to be mm. once you got to week 13 then you had to return to practice within a, a a certain amount of time or then you would go on ir for the year so yes. i don't know if they shrunk since they went from six to four if they went from 13 to 11 on the back end or if it's still week 13 but you can if you're gonna pay him you can you can still keep him stashed there until you possibly do need him if there's an injury and you know he's talked about being very and, and frank pollock the offensive line coach has talked about it too about how good he's been with the young guys and, and teaching them. He knows Frank from his days in Dallas. He knows what he wants. So he's working with them on technique and expectations and all that. So he has value, but you know, until we see what the Burrow deal looks like and if there is a T Higgins deal, yeah, can they afford uh, to, to keep Lael Collins? Sure. One guy they can definitely keep to afford or afford to keep apologies is uh rookie Tyson Anderson at safety. Obviously, one of the stars of of the preseason game, two interceptions, including a pick six. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where where does he stand on the depth chart? He, I, I really liked him coming out of Toledo. Um, I he's obviously not in the mix for a starting role, but that athleticism and speed and burst uh, instincts that he has at safety. What does that mean for someone like Michael Thomas? What does that mean for that safety room as a whole? Yeah. I've got him keeping five safeties. I have him keeping both Mike Thomas and Tyson Anderson, which is rare. It's um, they almost always only go with four. Um, but you know they they went with five last year because you, you count Jesse Bates was on that that weird list and he wasn't really right. counting against the fifty three. Um, but yeah, it, it's a great question because Mike Thomas has value. He, he's and it's not at safety. It, it's in the locker room. And it's on special teams. He had the third most special teams of any guy on the team last year. And the guy that was sitting at number one, Clay Johnson, is no longer with the team. So there's a lot of value in what Mike Thomas brings on those special teams. And it's just, you know, there was, you know, he got emotional in the locker room. And and it was about, you know, seeing Tyson Anderson. He said he felt like a proud big brother. But there also had to be some reality setting in that, uh, uh uh-oh, this this guy's coming for my job. He's here to take my job. Exactly. And, (laughs) and. You know, Mike's he he's on the the NFLPA executive council, and he he's got his post football life planned out, but he's not ready to give it up yet. And mm-hmm. um, he yeah, I think he would stick around if if they cut him. I think he would stay on the practice squad. He could still be elevated on game days and be a part of special teams. Um, but it's I I think the the writing's on the wall that that you know Tyson Anderson's going to make this team. They like like you, the Bengals really liked him coming out of Toledo. And it was, he played in all three preseason games last year. People forget that because he was on IR all year with that. Well, not all year, but for most of the year with that hamstring injury that I think they were just kind of stashing him with that. Um, But he's, he looks every bit of of what they thought they were getting. And um, it's, it's interesting. I, uh, as you guys know, I I like to dig into stats. This one took some work. Jay's got stats. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, a lot of times you can just, you know what you're looking for. You go to the site, you plug it in. Well, not a vast resource for uh, preseason stats. So I had to go to, to every single, the Bengals started putting preseason stats in their media guide in 1995. So I had to go through all the old media guides (laughs) to, to find this. And uh, he's the he's only the eighth player since 95, eighth Bengals player to, to have multiple interceptions in an entire preseason. We're not talking wow. one game. We're wow. talking in an entire preseason. Um, the record is three by Morgan Trent in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, I'm, I'm sure 
even if the starters do get some run this week, we're, we're going to see a lot more of Tyson Anderson as a guy that lost his entire rookie year um, these next two games. So he's going to have some opportunities to, to get a, pick off a few more passes. Morgan Trent, that's a that's a name I haven't heard in a while. That's an interesting name. Um, <laughs> There's some other interesting names on that list. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's, I mean, obviously the biggest question on the Bengals defense is is the safety room after losing Bates and Von yeah. Bell. And you just have to feel really good about what happened in the preseason game. Dax Hill made some nice plays. Yeah. Um, Anderson, obviously, I think Jordan Battle made some nice plays. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have the experience that Jesse Bates and Von Bell had. But, man, you got you got to feel good about these young guys and, and kind of the development and the promise of what it's going to look like this year and in future years and in, in the back end, I think you really have to feel good about that. Um, one more positive guy I wanted to talk about was Dominique Davis. Uh, you wrote about him recently, really good game, had four pressures, um, had a fumble recovery against the Packers. I still don't know if there is a spot for him on this roster. It, it's going to come down to how many defensive linemen the Bengals want to keep. I think they probably have at least eight or nine locks already along the defensive line. Are they going to keep a 10th guy? Is it going to be Davis? Is it going to be someone like J2 Faley or Jeff Gunter? Um, where, where do you where do you stand on that? I think Dominic Davis is a, is a great story, but is he going to make on the 53 or is he more like a practice squad addition? Yeah, I, I at this point, there, it's, it's either going to take an injury or a trade to, to kind of create a spot for him. Um, but the, I, don't rule out a trade. I mean – you mentioned it. that they that is if they're going to make a trade that's where it's going to be is on the D line because they've got such they, I mean they are so deep there and it's quality depth I mean the, all those guys can play and you know you you wait for cut down day and 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 or right before cut down day and it's like okay what team out there has too many tight ends and they're going to cut one maybe they're going to want to get something rather than just cutting the guy it's kind of what we saw a couple years ago with Billy Price and the BJ Hill deal um, so. I think that would be Davis's path. Uh, it, he's he he comes from a Division two school. His only real tape is in the USFL, and then what he did Friday night. So I don't know that if if the Bengals cut him, there would be teams lining up to to sign him away. So be safe to get him back on the practice squad. But if they start seeing that they really do like what they have in him, you know they're they're loaded not just on the D line, but at that nose guard position, because Reader's one of the best in the league. And then you got Tupo has been really solid since he's been here. And Jay Tefele, who they, who they signed off of waivers last year after cutdown day, um, has played well in big games uh, when he's had a chance. And so, you know, you're not keeping four nose tackles. You may not no. keep three. So that's that. I mean, I, Dominique Davis could be just that extra little push for them to, to make a move here um, either right before the deadline or we'll see what they do after the deadline. Yeah. I'd be really curious to see if they, if they do make some sort of trade, they've the, the Billy price for BJ Hill, I think is the pinnacle of all, of all summer trades. And mm. you hope that every deal you make turns <laughs> out like that. Obviously it's not going to, but you know, you go back in the past 2009, they traded defensive tackle Orion Harris for Brian Leonard. Another, I think that was an ob- another obvious win for the Bengals. They yeah. they traded David Jones for Reggie Nelson in 2010. They've they that have was the moves. best, by the way, was before the, the Billy Price BJ <laughs> yes. Hill one. That was a yes. heck of a steal. It, it was an incredible deal. I, the Bengals have a history of doing this. I I wouldn't be surprised if they do move one of these guys for something. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to be much. I don't know if it's going to they're going to find another BJ Hill, but. I could see them making another transaction like that, given that depth. 
Another one that people forget, Chad Johnson, they traded for two draft picks to the Patriots, yeah. and one of those draft picks ended up being Marvin Jones. So they exactly. they have done pretty well in, in this realm in this, this August-September trade period. They don't do so well at the trade deadline midseason, no. they, but, uh, <laughs> or take part at all is usually no. the case. But yeah, they, uh, the, the late season, the late preseason is really, they have really made some solid moves. Yeah, definitely. Um, at running back, I think there's a couple things going on. Number one, they're still trying to find who's going to be the running back two and who's going to be that passing down back. Um, and then off the field, we have the Joe Mixon trial mm-hmm. continuing today. Now, Joe Mixon is facing a misdemeanor for aggravated menacing. It's just a misdemeanor. I think regardless of what happens in this trial, could he be suspended? Maybe for a misdemeanor. Maybe. Is it going to happen this season? I don't think so. That's typically not how the NFL works. They typically don't move that quickly. Um, so I don't I, personally, I don't think he's any in danger of being suspended in 2023, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And then, at RB2, I think there's a lot going on. Um, I thought Chris Evans and Chase Brown both had their moments against the Packers. Um, I could see the Bengals just being comfortable with something of a committee as an RB2. And you've also got Trevion Williams out there, who still is dealing with an injury, who might be coming back soon. It's a little murky on when he'll be back. Um, I, I think this is still up in the air. There's a lot of moving pieces here. What's what's your take on the running back situation? Where do where do things stand with Mixon, and where, what are they looking for in RB two? Well, I, I think Mixon absolutely could be suspended if if he's found guilty. I you mean, it's this, just this season. This season, yeah, because okay. you know it's to, as we we're recording this Tuesday morning, and he is in court right now, day two of his trial, um, expected to wrap up today. So you still have almost a full month before the first regular season game. What we're at twenty five days, so you know it just the even it is though it's a misdemeanor the 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 look of of waving a gun. Yes, that's I, I do think there could be a suspension there if if he's found not guilty. I don't think there's no because we've seen other guys either not been been charged or yet the league is suspended before the, the legal process has played out yeah. in much more egregious cases. But this is it's a he said, she said right now I don't nothing from the trial yesterday, I think I don't think proved that he actually had a gun. And and unless the prosecution can 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 prove that and I don't know that they can, then I I don't know, number one, how he's going to be convicted. And then number two, if if he if he is found not guilty, I don't think the league does anything. But if if there's some surprise evidence today that they do have proof, yeah, I, I think he could be facing a suspension as far as how it plays out. Um, you know, Chris Evans has grown. I, I didn't give him a chance to make this team at first because he has been a liability in pass protection and he has not run plays the way they were designed. And, you know, it's, I got to get props or props are due. It, it, Charlie Goldsmith from Cincinnati Inquirer went up to, to Chris Evans on Sunday and talked to him about how he tried to get better at pass protection in the, in the off season when you can't, you can't find guys to blitz and you can't, right, you, yeah. you, you know, it's a, it's not a, a situation like quarterbacks and receivers working on routes. Yeah. Um, and he said he had to get comfortable with things his body doesn't want to do. And mm-hmm. they, uh, he went with all the rookies to Fort Knox that the Bengals had an event down there and he wore a, a bite suit. He was the only player willing to put on the bite suit and be chased and bitten by a dog. Um, he, the drop zone towers at, uh, at amusement parks. Mm-hmm. He rode those just to kind of get over stuff that, you know, you, like he said, is your body doesn't want to do. And, 
Um, he, I wrote about it yesterday, last night. There was a play early in practice, and he saw Dax Hill creep up, and he knew he was coming, and he was doing this even before the snap. Like, come on. Come get and me. He, they were teammates at Michigan, so they know each yeah. other, and that's what he was talking about. He's like, yeah, Dax gets shifty with his eyes because he, he doesn't want to give it away by staring in the backfield. And so, you know, he's picked that up. He is a smart guy, and and I, I do think – and he and by the way, it wasn't just the recognition. He he stood yeah. up and, and really squared up Dax on yeah. the play, and it was, it was a good block. Um, so I, I do think he's in the mix there. Um, Travion showed a little bit. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I don't, he has looked good. He's been back on the rehab field, but I don't know if he'll be ready. He, he might be a guy they stash on IR for three True. weeks. Um, just if they need a spot elsewhere and chase Brown, I just, I don't know yet. Well, you know, it's been one game. Uh, you can't judge that much in practice. Um, he did look explosive, um, in, in some of those plays Friday night. Um, but you didn't get a real test for there's just not a lot of blitzing in the preseason. So it, it's hard. Right. To, Everyone's playing vanilla defense. Yeah, exactly. And and so it, it's hard to get a feel for that. But, um, you know, if, if, if I was betting right now, I just I think Chris Evans is more dynamic in the pass game. He is a trip. For, he has great hands and a good route runner. And if he has if if he can continue making this progress as a as a, a pass protector, then I, I can see him winning that job. Yeah. I, I cannot get that catch he made. I think it was 2021 against the Lions where he was lined yeah. up as a wide receiver and just beat that linebacker in man coverage and made an amazing catch down the left sideline. It, it sticks in my mind. <laughs> I, I really think the Bengals could find a way to use that type of receiving talent um, depending on how he does not pass protection. So I, I think it'll be really interesting what they do. I, I'm still curious if they, if they would even consider a veteran free agent running back. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook came off the board this week. Ezekiel Elliott came off the board this week. I thought Zeke could have been an interesting contender for the Bengals just because of his pass protection. I mean, he's still one of the best pass protecting running backs in the NFL. Um, Leonard Fournette is still out there. Kareem Hunt is still out there. Both guys are obviously really good in the receiving game. I do wonder, you know, that the, Elliott and Cook both got, I, th I think it's around five or $6 million each. I don't think the Bengals are going to go anywhere near that for a backup mm -hmm. running back. If Fournette and Hunt's price is below that and the regular season starts to creep up, do you think they'd consider adding an, an external guy or are they just set on, hey, we're going to go with Brown, we're going to go with Evans and see who may the best man win? Yeah, I, I think more than likely they they will go with what they have. You know, I, I thought Fournette was a great option. Uh, you, yeah. He spent three years with Tom Brady. You, you don't, you're not a third down back for Tom Brady without that guy having trust in you, but I was surprised when I went and I looked to see where he ranked in terms of pass pass blocking grade by PFF. And I know mm -hmm. PFF, it's, it's not the end all, but it is a good guideline and they do watch every play. And among qualifying backs, um, I, I was really surprised to see in, in 2022, Leonard Fournette ranked 52 out of 61 qualifying backs in, in pass blocking. 21 was better. He was 35 of 65. Uh, 2020, 76 of 80, 2019, 55 of 63, 2018, 63 of 69, 2017, 48 of 68. So only once in his career has he been in the top half of the league, and that was barely at no, 35 out of 65. So it's not great. But he – so that, that's the thing. He is a weapon. I mean, he is yeah. he has caught a lot of passes the, yeah. the last three, four years um, out of the backfield, but that's not – this job, Bob, what they're looking for is a reliable pass protector. 
And so I, I don't know that that Fournette would be the right fit there. And again, you don't know what what he's asking for. Kareem Hunt's much better. I was surprised. You you look at his size, and he's been really good. He was 30 of 61 in pass blocking last year, 14 of 65 in 2021, 31 of 80 and 20. So it, it, it's interesting that that he is that good. He's dynamic in the as a receiver, and he is a good pass protector. But he comes with the kind of baggage that I don't know they want to they want to insert into this team. This is it's all about culture and and chemistry. And I don't know if you want to bring a guy like that in. I. I think they're going to ride with what they have. And I think, and Hunt has taken a lot of visits recently with the Saints, the Colts, mm-hmm. the Vikings. I think, especially in the Colts case, teams that obviously have a bigger need than the Bengals do and are probably willing to offer him more money than the Bengals are. So I think Hunt is probably unlikely. I, I'm, I'm curious what they do. I think you're probably right that they'll stick with what they have on the roster. Um, I kind of have the same question at quarterback because. I didn't think Tremor Simeon or Jake Browning played all that well against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Browning was slightly better, but he also had the benefit of playing with better players when he was in the game in the first half. I think he has a lot of arm strength questions. Um, Trevor Simeon, I thought, was not good. I thought he made a lot of questionable decisions. I thought he was inaccurate, and his ball placement was not great. Um if I were the Bengals, I'd be worried about what would happen. I, I think Joe Burrow will be back for week one. I, yeah. I don't have any doubts about that. But, man, if he goes down during the season or suffers a setback, God forbid, I, I don't feel confident about what the Bengals have behind him. Um, I, I wonder if they would consider signing someone else. Carson Wentz is still out there. Like what you talked about, I don't know that the Bengals would want to add that type of personality to the locker room. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily a bad guy, but I think he has had some issues where he's been in terms of leadership in terms of his teammates really kind of getting behind him as a starting quarterback and if he's coming in here as a clear number two how would that work out and then there's Brandon Allen who obviously backed up Joe Burrow for the past couple seasons um I don't think he's going to make the roster with the 49ers I think they'll probably roll with Purdy and Trey Lance and Sam Darnold when if and when he gets cut do the Bengals consider a reunion with him I don't know they didn't make a huge effort to re-sign him this offseason I don't I don't know where things stand behind behind Joe Burrow but I don't feel great about it well I mean the the Brandon Allen there I would say he's he's not here for a reason you're right it would not have cost them much to re-sign him and he has that prior relationship with Zach Taylor it it seemed like the perfect fit so I don't, I don't know where what caused them to to say hey we want to go in a different direction I know they love Jake Browning but you still could have kept kept Brandon yeah. Allen at a cheap yeah price too and instead they they basically were flying out there with two I mean it was May 3rd before they got Trevor Simeon so yeah. um I, I, you're right Simeon didn't look good um he, he's had moments in practice I, I I think he's looked better than Browning in practice um and Zach Taylor did say that we're you know we're going to see that flip that, that mm, Trevor's yep. going to play the first two quarters on on Friday night in Atlanta so we'll see how he does. I still think, you know, you're talking about a guy that's got 30 starts in the league. Um, if Joe Burrow were to miss a game, it's not going to be good. You're, you're, it's going to be a huge drop off no matter who that backup is. Right. And if it's extended right. time he's going to miss, then you're talking about 2024 at that point because sure. there's – I don't give them – they still have a terrific roster, but I just – I don't know that if, if Burrow misses it's, a handful it's so of hard. games, yeah. yeah, that they could overcome that. So – um, yeah, I am. That's going to be one of the most the, the things I'll be watching closest Friday night is to see how Trevor Simeon looks and does he does he look much better than he did Friday night? Um, what getting the chance to play with the the 
second team offensive line, maybe the first off the first offensive line. I mean, we could see Zach Taylor play some starters Friday night. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do and and what is the benefit of doing that, right? Are, is it worth risking any injuries to any of the starting players, or should they be getting reps? And and I think I think there's some value to playing to playing starters for a few drives at least, especially to see what you have in Simeon and see how he does with an elevated cast of characters around. Um, do you think do you think they will play a few starters, or what's your sense? What do you think they'll do? Yeah, it sounds like they're going to. Um... I if it was me, I wouldn't. I just I don't. Mm. Even if they play two series, you're talking what eight to ten. May, I mean, maybe they put a long drive together. Who knows? But yeah. it, you're, it's it's not that many snaps. And that I think what this comes down to is the the players want to do it. A lot yeah. of them have said yes. I would like to get in there and shake some rust off and play. And Zach Taylor listens to his players. He's not a my way or the highway kind of coach. No. And so, um, you know, even T. Higgins yesterday said he would like to play in the preseason. And he's a guy that's like pulled himself back and has right. not been doing very many team drills in practice because, you know, he's still got a lot of money at stake. He's got the contract situation. Sure. He's trying to get that extension. So I don't and had know a scary that. situation this week. Obviously, yes. but, yeah, yeah. That know. was I wrote about that uh, yesterday. Yeah, that yeah. was that was not good. Um, and I don't know, maybe that was lip service where he said, oh, yeah, I'm a player. I want to play in the preseason. It's easy yeah. to say um, it's it's something else to actually suit up and go out and do it. But I I do think that we'll we'll see because if he's going to play him, it's going to be this week. I, I can't imagine he would play them in the third preseason game. Right. So, um, he, you know, Zach, he didn't shoot it down. And, and he said that they're still trying to hammer out the plan and he's going to tell the players first before he tells us in the media. So maybe he announces something uh tomorrow uh which will be the next time they practice um but i if gut feeling i think we're going to see some starters friday night yeah it's very curious you know watching the games over the weekend that some teams played all their starters some teams played absolutely nobody and it, mm -hmm. it's it's very curious especially moving to three preseason games you know how do you allot the reps to the players that you want to see who do you get in there and um yeah i think i'm very curious to see how that quarterback battle plays against how that how it plays out against the Falcons and if Simeon can look a little better because besides Brandon Allen, I don't think there's anybody else they would consider bringing in. And I, I still do think Simeon, given his experience, given when they signed him in the offseason, that he's probably the favorite for that QB2 job. And I'm curious to see if he can do a little better in, in game action. Because like you said, I think he's been, at least from reports and what you've seen, he's been good in practice. He's made yeah. some throws in practice and he's made a lot of starts in the NFL. The upside probably isn't there, but the upside probably isn't there for a lot of backup quarterbacks. It's, it's, he needs to be able to come in for a game or two in the event of an injury. And I think he could probably do that, but I'd like to see a little more proof of it against, against the Falcons in this next preseason game. Any quarterbacks obviously are not plug and play either. There, there's a yeah. lot that goes into learning the offense sure. and the scheme and the, the terminology and all that. And so the Brandon Allen would be a fit in that regard. But again, yes. it's, I, you know, I, I think there's a reason he's not here. And so it would be a tough ass to, to try to go get somebody else and get them up to speed. Yeah, you could still ride with Jake Browning until that person did that. But yeah. once you get in the regular season, that third string quarterback is his only reps are going to be on the scout team against the first team defense. So there's not going to yeah. be it's it's going to be a crash course big time. So I I do. I, I think it's they're gonna they're gonna go and, and and let this play out and see who it is between Jake and Trevor. And if I was betting, I would say it's gonna end up being Trevor. Yeah, I mean, we're less than a month away from the regular season, so mm -hmm. any additions they make at this point, it's going to have to be a crash course, and any additions they make would probably be in a position where it is more plug-and-play. If they if they did happen to add a running yeah. back or if they added you know someone else that 
not like quarterback where it's you're going to have to do a full study course before you can actually get in the offense. It's going to be a position where you can just get in and, and play immediately. So we'll see. We'll see what the Bengals do if they make any more transactions. And we'll look forward to that game against the Falcons this weekend. Um, that's going to do it for episode two of the Pro Football Network Bengals podcast. Uh, Jay, enjoy that concert today. I'm sure oh, you know it. I'm sure that'll be great. We'll get a review next week. Uh, We'll be back next week. We'll talk about the preseason game against the Falcons and who stands out and who didn't and Mm -hmm. where the roster stands from there. So we will be back next week. Um, Please rate and review if you're listening on a podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. We will see you next week in the Pro Football Network Bengals podcast. Mm -hmm.